0: So my name is Tim Gilliope, men's pastor here, married life pastor. It's awesome to get a chance to share with you this morning. If I haven't gotten a chance to meet you, I know a few of you guys are new. I would love to connect with you after this and just get to know you a little bit. Uh, my story is I've been on staff for since 2006. I don't even know how many years that is anymore. Uh, yeah, uh, 16 and 17, 16 and a half, 17 years. Uh, anyways, uh, men's ministry, now used to be youth, all that kind of stuff. But this morning, uh, I want to take a minute and talk to you about false identity. And something that I've been realizing more and more is there's a lot of men that are just walking around with false identity. They're grabbing their, their identity from, from the wrong things. And it's funny because this morning I get here and in, in the, there's a compartment in my truck where I keep my, uh, my name tag for church. There's a compartment right there, and I reach down in there, and it's not there. And I'm like how perfect it is on a morning when I'm talking about identity that my identity I left at home. And it made me think this morning even coming in how often we walk around with something maybe we're not supposed to be walking around with that's, that's telling us who we are. Or maybe we're walking around trying to find out who we are And we're searching in all the wrong spots. So this morning, what I want to do is I want to kick it off. And I just want to go to the Lord and ask him to begin to show us who we are. Is that cool? Can we do that? Uh, So let's close our eyes. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this time to dive into your word. Father, we recognize right now that there's a lot of things in this world that try to tell us who we are. And we can tend to grab on to those things. But, Lord, we don't want that. We want, Lord, to see who you say that we are. And we want to see that. So we love you, Lord. We thank you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. 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 There's, a, there's a, a spot in Psalms 139 where David says, Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me on the path of everlasting life. Or lead me on the straight path. Uh, how many of you guys know that we have to take as men and pause every once in a while and say, Lord, what's going on inside my heart that you see that I don't see? Uh, I remember someone once said to me recently, the problem with blind spots is they're blind spots. Uh, the Lord has no blind spots. Amen. We could go to the Lord and we can say, Lord, search me out. Check me out, Lord. See what's going on. Because we can we can honestly be walking with the Lord for a long time, but we can still come to moments where there's something else that needs to be worked on. Uh <laughs> If you guys ever seen the movie Shrek, Uh, Christians are like onions just like ogres are like onions. you got to peel them one layer at a time, you know what I mean? Uh, God's like that with us. He takes us one layer at a time. And there comes moments where we might be walking with the Lord for 20, 30 years where it's like, whoa, 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 Lord, what's going on right here? And we have to do what David did and and pause and say, search me, O Lord, and know my heart. And that's what I want to do this morning. I want to take a minute... uh, as we're going through this message, and I'm going to pause and say, Lord, is there something going on where I'm chasing identity from the wrong thing? And let him God indirect. He's gentle. He's confident. He's gentle. And he'll tell us, tell us what we need to do. And then we get the opportunity if we want to do that. But uh, if you're taking notes this morning, or if you're not taking notes, write, write this down. Chasing false identity, point one. Chasing false identity. Oftentimes we can find ourselves chasing false identity. And I just want to start out this morning, give you guys three to four minutes at your table and ask yourself the question of this, where do we find our identity and how? Where do we find our identity from? Where are we going to, or where do, where do men tend to find their identity? So take a few minutes and I'm gonna grab a couple, I'll get a couple follow-up afterwards, but take a few minutes at your table and say, where do men, and let's go, let's go this, where do men, uh, and let's think from the world's perspective, Let's set aside the Christian perspective for a second. Let's talk about just men in this world. Where do they tend to find their identity? Where do they get their identity? And I'll be back up in a minute. All right, all right. If you can kind of bring your attention back up here, wrap up the conversations. Um, so this weekend, I was thinking about it practically as I was asking this question a second ago and walking back to my table. This weekend, uh, being at the campground, Silver Lake Sand Dunes is about a mile and a half from there. Um for the first time ever, I got to go out, uh, thanks to one of my friends, has had some equi- some stuff that he brought up. He brought up like a side-by-side and like a, a quad and a, a, a dirt bike. Thank you. Thanks, Ricky. Ricky's got it. Uh, and I got to go out for the first time ever on the sand dunes. And I was thinking about this question as I walked back, and Like, you go out on the Sand Dunes, and there's a lot of people with just like standard equipment just driving around, like, hey, we got this to have fun. But every once in a while, someone pulls up, and it's like, apparently, size does matter. You know what I mean? Because, like, it's huge. It's got massive tires on it. It's upgraded. There's LED lights all over the place. It's like the best of the best. And don't get me wrong, those things are awesome. And, like, hey, have those things. But it made me think of the question it's like, as soon as you take something like that, and begin to say, "This is who I am." Let me show off who I am based on what I have. It's this this flip can happen in our heart, and we can begin to grab identity from these wrong things. Uh, it's so easy to begin to 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 to. Try to get who we are based on things like that. I remember, uh, Randy, this was you teaching. This, was, this might have been like a year and a half ago here at men's ministry. And you said something, and it stuck with me since then. I think you said, like, men try to get their identity from babes, billfolds, ball fields, and biceps. There you go. Uh, <laughs> don't do that again. That makes me feel insecure when you flex like that. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> but how easy that is. And how easy we could get caught up in this mindset of I am who I am because of these things that I have or these accomplishments that I've done. Thinking about like the ball field. Oh, did you see that home run that I hit? Oh, did you see how well I did with that? Or, or did you see my stock performance, uh, my pro- portfolio? Did you see the house I live in? We can begin to get our identity from these things, but the flip can also happen. Some people tend to get their identity based on what little they have and, and they start getting boastful maybe about how little they have or all these things. And there's this, there's this constant battle that can happen in our hearts and our minds of like where we're trying to get our identity from. And the, the hard thing is this, if I could be honest with you, oftentimes untraining ourselves to get identity from things is harder than training ourselves to get identity from the right things sometimes breaking if you want to say identity habits in our lives can be harder than establishing new ones because we can tend to fall back into the ruts that we've been in before again and again I heard it said growing up uh, from my dad like kind of jokingly he said he who dies with the most toys wins and that's so easy to get caught up in and I've got to watch myself of like Wanting the nicer things so that people can look at me and say, wow, you have the nicer things. Or wanting the job so that we can say, wow, someone can say, wow, you've got, quite, you've got the awesome job. That's something we got to be so careful for. Can you throw up that picture of an elephant real quick? So, like, you look at this elephant, and you're like, that thing is massive. How many of you guys know that thing? You could pr- probably put an anchor in most of the walls in this building, and if it yanked on it hard enough, it would at least damage the wall if not, pull the wall over. Uh, so there's this, uh, there, there's this concept with elephants that when they're that big and that, ma- I, just, I just look at like the strength of that thing, uh, that thing can do some damage. Well, when, when elephants are young, if they want to keep them, uh, be able to keep them tied up, what they'll do is they'll put a chain around their leg And they'll drive a massive stake in the ground. And this elephant will for days and days and days pull on that stake and pull on that chain and try to move and try to move. But because it's so young and so small, it doesn't have the strength that it will have when it's older. And it begins to build up this understanding that the moment that pressure hits my leg, I cannot go any farther. Well, then when the elephant gets older, they, they, they get to the point where anytime there's a little bit of pressure, so they don't need that massive stake and they don't need that massive chain anymore, anytime there's a little pressure on the leg of that animal, it'll stop because in its head, it said, once that happens, I can't move. And it builds a mental wall, a mental rut that it gets stuck into but that that thing is massive that thing could there's no way a simple stake in the ground and a chain could hold an elephant but there is a way that and if 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 it can get the mental the mental spot where that's where it stays, then that's where it stays. How many of you guys know that our identity can be the same way? We can get stuck in a spot mentally and we can build a mental wall just like that elephant where we begin to get our identity from the wrong things. And sometimes it's harder to break off that chain of false identity that's been holding us than it is to grab new chains and new identity from new places. We need to, we need to begin to break off those concepts before we go any farther. So, so 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 we need to understand where we get our identity from. I was thinking about this practically earlier today and it's like the the plan for the enemy is to get us to build walls in our minds that stop the destiny that God has for us. I think practically about this for like so the the, the enemy hates Innocence and purity. So he goes after kids, and what happens is something will happen to a kid because the enemy's wicked plan, and and that whatever happens at that moment begins to build a mental chain inside that child that they then when they're when they're forty five they're still living in this place from when they're eight and something happened to them. Maybe it was uh, maybe it was uh, something like um, they get molested sexually. And all of a sudden that happens. Or maybe it's something maybe not quite the same, but exactly the same. And it's like maybe their dad's abusive and yells at them or their uncle's abusive or their grandpa's abusive verbally and just yells at them and beats them down. And the enemy hates innocence and purity. So he's like, if I can get them when they're young to begin to get stuck in this place where they think that they're worthless, then then when they're older, they'll stay there. Just like that elephant, they'll stay there. But we have to realize that our identity is so much more than what happened to us when we're younger. Our identity as men is so much more than our billfolds and our biceps and the ball field and the babes our identity is rooted in something so much greater than that so colossians 1 for he that's jesus rescued us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son let me read that again for he rescued us from the dominion of darkness. That's the breaking off of those chains that that elephant has experienced right there. For he rescued us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. There, uh, there's a, there's a, 2 second, second Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, he who is in Christ is a new creation. Behold, the old is gone and the new has come. I was practically thinking about this verse uh, for, in 2 Corinthians where, like, the old is gone and the new has come. And it made me think about a clip from a Marvel movie. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show this clip in a second. But it's, uh, it's, um, it's when Captain America become, goes from Steve Rogers to Captain America. And I was thinking practically about this because when we get saved, something happens on the inside of us. Then there's the process of taking what happens on the inside of us and bringing it out, right? The Bible talks about like walking out your salvation, bringing out your salvation. When this happens to Steve Rogers, he doesn't come out and instantly in his mind, he's different. He's still the the same in his mind. He's got to then walk out this process. So check out this clip real quick beginning in five, four, three, two, one. Now Mr. Stark Hear me? Probably too late to go to the bathroom, right? We'll proceed. That's 10%. 20%. 30. That's 40%. Auto signs are normal. That's fifty percent. Sixty. Seventy. Demon! Ah! Ah! Demon! Shut it down! Demon! Shut it down! Kills the reactor, Mister Stone. Turn it off. Kill it. Kill the reactor. No! Don't! I can do this! It's the stock. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so interesting. So, so this is the plan of the enemy, right? Let's, let's bring this back and let's talk about what the plan of the enemy is. When we get saved, a transformation happens on the inside. But the enemy's plan is that we would stay in the same place that we were before we would saved. If the enemy can convince us that we're the same person we once were, he wins. Because his plan is to stop us from doing what God has for us to do. There is a transformation that happens on the inside. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Again, he's rescued us from the dominion of the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of light. Galatians 4, 6. Because you are sons, God has sent his spirit. Uh, sorry, sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying out, "Abba, Father." Romans eight sixteen, the Spirit. Uh, Romans eight sixteen and seventeen, the Spirit Himself testifies that our uh, with our Spirit that we are children of God, and if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. If we suffer with Him, so that we may also be glorified with Him. Our identity needs to be rooted in the fact that we are sons, not based on the stuff we have, what we do, how we act. Our identity needs to be, I am a son of God. Amen? Amen. I want to do a confession real quick as we wrap up, and then you guys have a couple minutes at your table. Like one minute, but it's okay. Can you guys say this after me? Say, I am his son. I will walk worthy of him i will not be distracted i will pursue jesus always i will listen to his voice i am his son i am his son father i thank you for every man present in this room father i thank you lord that we could pursue you and we could get our identity not by what we do father but who You are and who you are in us. Lord, let us always recognize that we are your sons. In Jesus' name, everyone said.